Brand New Magazine and Podcast exist to inspire, motivate and invigorate women to step into their businesses as truly themselves. Full of real life stories, practical solutions and inspirational ideas from fellow entrepreneurs. Each issue has a different theme that showcases the many values, beliefs and morals that women build their businesses around today. So, be your business and brand you. The power of colour is inescapable in business and it can be used in so many ways. In this, the colourful issue of Brand New Magazine and Podcast, we will be celebrating bright, vibrant businesswomen who live and breathe rainbows both personally and professionally. Kat from Little Black Cat Creative is known for her quirky portrait drawings but also for helping growing brands stand out with fun, artfully designed imagery and illustrations. She's worn all of the hats in the industry and she knows her shiz. First up, Kat, if you could give us a little bit of a rundown about who you are and what it is you do. I worked in my business, Little Black Cat, as a side business for about six years and recently took the leap into full time. So um, Little Black Cat does graphic design, uh, mainly branding design and illustration. What made you make the leap from working for other people and working for yourself? Oh, the work I was doing for other people was boring. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the sort of design work I, I loved. I mean, I was designing, I was using all my technical skills and knew how to do all the things and I learned a lot, but I originally started out in illustration so I wasn't illustrating I worked for a printer print design is more technical I guess so it wasn't really lighting me up wasn't fun anymore (laughs) on and off I've worked at print shops like with you I feel like probably our career path took a very similar time we probably finished uni at very similar times and it was all about print there was none of this web or social media or anything so if you didn't know print you were no use to anyone well that's what I did after I finished uni I went and worked at a printer to learn the technical stuff they don't teach you at uni And then I sort of just got stuck there and then had a family and, you know, I became more interested in my family than a career or design anymore. And yeah, that's sort of where I got stuck. (laughs) A huge part of your why is your family and your family values. Why is this so important to you and how have you incorporated this into your business? Well, I was a single mum for a long time and that's sort of how I got started working for myself, juggling the part-time job and the kids it gets too hard more and more like because you put family first I am also in that situation to tell you the truth I'm not a natural in a family space and so in a lot of ways putting family first was a balancing act for me but the power of being at home yep we can drive what we do around our families you know if it means we're up to midnight cool if it means we're up at five o'clock in the morning but it also means if one of the little buggers picks up a little a, a snotty nose from somewhere yeah yeah I really wanted to be able to work around my kids rather than have to tell work I have to you know work early to finish early or you know work through lunch so I can make the appointment and you know all that stuff is hard when you work for someone else and then when you work for yourself yeah you can just work later that night so you can go to the the concert or the orthodontist where I'm going this afternoon yeah so it, it makes it a lot easier isn't it amazing how much it highlights when you were working at corporate organisations, how inflexible it was? It is, but they did try to help families, I think, where I have worked. But there is still, like, as a person, I still did feel bad having to do that. They were always very flexible, but for me, I always felt bad having to ask. I mean, you can't, I didn't want to push it too much either, you know. (laughs) 
Although they also come in quite handy for excuses as well. Yes. And if my old boss is listening to this podcast, that never, ever happened. (laughs) As you said, you worked part-time for someone else and then you worked part-time in your business as well. And it has grown and grown by leaps and bounds. And you've really established. For me, I was kind of forced full-time into what I do. What perks do you see to people sort of moving gradually into making their side hustle their full-time job? I think there's a lot to learn. Like there's so much to learn in starting a business. Well, for me, there was. It's not natural for me. I'm not a you know business person. So I had to learn what I was doing wrong and what I was doing right. And I couldn't have just jumped in. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. So I had to do it gradually and get better and better, I guess, as I went. So you worked as an illustrator as a side hustle, like a lot of creators do. We have these passion projects that just kind of take life and yep. we start to wake up to these possibilities. What would you say are the steps that you took while you were in that side hustle space in that five years or so to really lay strong foundations for when you did take the leap full time? Well, I had to establish my own brand, make sure it was working for me. I couldn't very well go out there and be a brand designer if I had a crappy looking brand. <laughs> I did. I was the, the plumber with the leaky tap. I didn't really have strong branding and I had to go through all the steps that I do with my clients. I had to look into myself, what I stood for, who I wanted to work with and rebrand myself. I did some courses. The networking groups were great, which is where I met you with the designer boss lady. So that was a great group to be a part of. Built a lot of confidence and and learned a lot from the women in that group. I also had to get my systems and processes in place. So, you know, onboarding clients and all of those things that you never really think about when someone else is determining them. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to write my my procedures and have everything in place. I swear that was my most powerful thing that I did was... At first, I was like, oh, shit, this is so boring and dry. I don't want to be doing this. I want to pay someone else to, uh, uh." and it just felt so not what I wanted to be doing. Mm. Then I discovered something. Your systems and processes are power. Yeah. They're the most valuable thing I've invested in in my business is realizing it's kind of creating your own rule book. Yes. I enjoyed that part of it, actually. I loved it. Sitting down and having a look at the steps that I take when I'm take, talking to a new client and, and doing the work and then just writing it all down and then making it work, I guess. I have to agree. I really enjoyed mine. I have to admit the contract I did pass off over to a lawyer. and I did that too, yeah. Like it really started to go, okay, this is serious. You have to build some really rock solid foundations. Yep. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that's right. I think towards the end, that's when things like I did, I did get more serious with it all as well. You know, I hired a, a lawyer to help me with my, my terms and conditions and my contracts. And, you know, so everything was written correctly and, and I'm covered. So <laughs> need but to it be. feels so good to know that you are right. <laughs> yes, definitely. Something goes wrong. I now look at my systems and processes to see how I could have yes. avoided that. And you change them. <laughs> Because you can without going through some design by committee and like getting it signed off by 10 people. Yeah, we should do it. This Yes. When you don't work, when I I was working for someone else and, you know, something didn't go right, I'm like, well, how can we do this better next time? But it wasn't up to me to implement that or to make that up. So no one give a shit. So it's like now, you know, if something doesn't work, okay, well, how can I make this work better next time? And I just change it. What were some of the biggest mindset hurdles that you had to overcome and how did you do that? I didn't think I could do it. Like financially, I'm like, I can't leave this secure job that I've had for eight years. I was on my own with a mortgage and you can't just leave that. But I wasn't there anymore. I wasn't the single mum anymore. I had someone 
helping me with life and finances and and everything else I was still stuck there it was your security yeah, blanket yeah I just you know and I hate change <laughs> so <laughs> I listened to a lot of podcasts I, a lot of them on mindset and and they helped sounds a bit you know woo-woo but it did it did help and it gets you thinking I was listening to them every day and it gives you permission and, that you can actually go this is actually something it's not something for later or something this is now yeah like this is yeah. something that I fundamentally need to be working on every day yeah yeah and I mean I worked so hard building it up but just taking that last step was was hard I was going to do it just before COVID I even told my husband I'm <laughs> 40 this year I'm going to leave that job and I'm going to do it you know I have to do it and it didn't happen because everything blew up because of COVID it sort of made me think no it actually has to happen I was at home I had the kids at home and got even harder I think it put this year if nothing else has put everything in perspective like it really makes you stop and reassess what's actually important to you and yes you are your business when it's you and it's so important to have that if you want to have professional growth yeah you have to grow personally and that's freaking challenging always been stuck in the safe zone it was nice to to finally take that jump and it, it actually it only happened I'm, I'm a big believer in writing things down so I had a bad day I wrote a resignation letter and it wasn't going to hand it in and, and my husband has been telling me for a long time you know you can leave that job you can leave that job and I'm like no but I can't I can't I can't and then I went home and we talked about it because I, I would never just you know, hand the letter in without talking to him first. Two days later, I handed in the letter. And it was only because I wrote it down because I was in a bad mood. Once it was written down, you sort of look at it and go, yeah, I can do it now. But yep. once you actually start taking action in a direction and move out of a space of fear, you just sort of go, why the hell did I sit there for so long? I love not waking up and having that feeling of having to go, oh, I've got to go to work today. You know, that feeling you have when you've got to go to work today and you just hate it. I don't have that anymore. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I find in branding, it's the power of, but why? I know. And I think that's why I get excited doing branding for people too, because they are building their businesses and I build my business. And it's like, I'm excited to, to help them with that and help them make it work. And to see them make it work too is the best feeling ever. You, as you would know, like it's help. Like I'm not like a, a doctor or anything, but it's still helping people. <laughs> It feels amazing to be around those people and to, it feels yeah. like you're helping a friend, you yes. know? and they do. They become your friends. You get to cheer them on. <laughs> a lot of people don't come. They don't understand that it's more than just a logo and a website. It's, it's getting to the, the guts of who they are and what they do and, you know, showing that in their brand. It's a big thing, like, and that's essentially why Brand You came about is, you know, everyone tells you to niche. And I was really getting stuck on this whole... I need to work with a certain person or something like that. But I've started to realize that the people I love working with are those people that are ready to step into their businesses themselves. How we've talked about the separation between personal and professional. Mm. You can't do that when you work for yourself. No, no, because it's you. You're the business. (laughs) And, And I feel like so often, like once people realize that the things that make them different are the things that make them special in their business. Because let's be honest, there's thousands, if not tens of thousands, or God knows how many graphic designers in Australia, let alone the world. You jump out in your rainbow-coloured amazingness with your gorgeous, sweet, cute, fun illustrations, 
and suddenly I know who she is. I can see that. Have you got any cool stories where your, your clients have gone on that journey and you're just like, they come out the other side? Did have a customer who, you know, she had tried Fiverr and she'd tried a few different designers at Fiverr. And she came to me and she was nervous. She was worried that she was going to fork out all this money and not like what she was getting. The beauty of, you know, digging deep and and sort of learning more about the business before we just jump in and make a logo. They're not going to get something that they don't like. They're not going to get something that doesn't reflect them. At the moment, I've got a, a new customer that I just onboarded last week. Didn't just give her my standard questionnaire that I do for branding. I actually, I've got this workbook and it's pretty full on workbook. And I got her to go through that because she wasn't, you know, if you're not quite sure on how to fill out the brief form, it's my go-to. And it was a whole heap of questions, you know, about her target market and about her and about what she stands for, you know, why she started the business, what the business personality is and all those sort of things. And she didn't think of any of that stuff. She's gone through and she's answered all these questions and she's learned so much about her business, where she sees it going, what the business is. I'm going to fire some branding cliches at you and I want to hear what your instant response is and I'll see what mine is as well, okay? Okay. Why hire a designer when you can go to Fiverr? Because if you go to Fiverr, you get the logo that you get from Fiverr, you reverse Google image that image, a whole heap of logos will come up. (laughs) It's not original. (laughs) And what's the problem Um, with it being not being original? You need to stand out. The whole purpose of having a logo is to stand out. And if you look like everyone else, what's the point? It's so true. And I've seen people try to trademark logos from that. And it's just that education process. It's the same with logos. Yeah, you're not. You could be in serious trouble for doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I in my very early days of making logos, I I made a mistake, and the customer gave me an image that they wanted me to use in their logo, and I didn't ask that question because I was I was very new to it. You know, I didn't ask that, and she went to trademark that. She didn't actually submit it, but she had spoken to people who obviously knew what they were doing better than than myself. You know, legal people. You know, I could have gotten trouble for that. If you have a choice between Fiverr and designer, there is no choice. Designer all the way. Do get, though, if you're a business that's just starting out. Could be like a, your, a hobby business. Yeah, it could be a hobby something business, in a market. Yeah. Those types I of get things. That, hobby businesses, and, and that's great for that purpose. But if you've got a, a serious business that is, you know, your income and, and that's what you do, then it needs to be, it needs to be done properly. Yeah. Now, here's a controversial one. And I realize that a lot of our listeners probably use this. And so I feel I'll be interested to see how our opinions differ on this one. Yep. Canva. Yeah, your name. Question. <laughs> nay for logos. <laughs> I think it's a good idea for businesses. I don't necessarily love some of the designs that come from it. If you can get a designer who is making you an original template and you're loading that to Canva, I think it's wonderful for that. It's still branded for your business. It's not a template that everyone on Canva is using. It's something that has been designed just for you. And if you're comfortable enough, you know, designing it in Canva using those templates, then I think it's I think it's good. I'm a designer who actually likes yeah. Canva. I love that yeah. it gives my clients freedom. Yes. Within a certain range. Yeah. I do a lot of templates for my clients. And so... We've done all the branding before that. And so this is Mm. my way of ensuring that when they come back to invest with me, it's around things that are actually going to make a fundamental difference to their business. Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head where it's like, you still need to take that design a step potentially. For an example, I set up an ebook template for a person in Canva. She's now created 10. 
but she gets me to look at it at the end of each one. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a great idea. Make sure you learned about the rules of your brand and make yeah. sure you apply them consistently. And stick to them. Like, don't, <laughs> don't change. Follow the rules. <laughs> Which is the perfect segue to <laughs> brand guidelines. Oh, yes. What, brand what guidelines. are they and why should every business have them? Uh, it's a rule book. It's a rule book for your brand. It will tell you or whoever in your in your business is, is working on what the rules are. So what fonts they have to use, what exact colours they have to use for print or what that colours they have to use for web, the style of images that they need to be looking for. It's a Bible. <laughs> and it's not actually meant to make things difficult. It's meant to make things easy, right? Yes, and it does. And quicker, like you can go onto Canva and you've got this guideline, you just follow it. <laughs> I've seen the power it can have, especially yep. empowering smaller businesses that you know are about to take that next leap. You know, the mm. ones that are kind of on that cusp, it stops them from spending two and a half hours figuring out what the F yeah, they're supposed picking to be a colour. <laughs> what shade of pink shall I use? You know, like. It, oh, no, yeah. you shouldn't be using pink. Your brain colours are blue. Okay, so here's another one. Yep. This is another really good one. I like this fun. One. Why are you so expensive? There's a saying, I guess you've, everyone's heard it, you know, it's taken, it might take me, you know, five minutes to do that, but it's taken me five years or 10 years to be able to do that in five minutes. Because what we yes. do isn't just, it's not just something for now. It's something that's going to help you long-term. It'll make you money. Like if you're branded right, it will work for you and it, it will make you money, help build your business and you'll become recognisable and people, they'll know you because of, because of your brand. Kat and I are both designers. We're both women. We both work in an industry where typically it's seen to be competitive. But we both, as Kat mentioned earlier, we both found a space that promotes collaboration over competition and com yes. promotes community and promotes... Yep. Like I haven't ever felt as supported as I have in our Designer Boss Ladies group than I have in any business. I have felt like comrades versus competition. Yeah. Right? I think that too, definitely. So what would you say to people that say, you know, how do I find the right designer for me? You really need to have a look at their website, have a look at their style, have a look at their portfolio. Do you like their work? Read their about page. I think there's a designer out there for everyone. People do have different areas where they specialise. You might be a more corporate designer. You might be, you know, a fun, bright, bold designer. You, you know, might be into the feminine, softer designs and that person's going to work well for you if you've got a similar brand personality, I suppose. Same values as you too, I guess. And that's what I found. I have a lot of people who come to me and don't necessarily have the same sort of business, but their brand personality is all the same. I've got legal people who want brands designed because they don't want to be a boring, stuffy legal firm. They want to show fun. And so that's why they come to me because they want something that's fun. <laughs> as awful as I am at doing podcast interview, I, I can be fun, I promise. <laughs> You don't just do branding. You also obviously have a huge illustration component to your business. So what are brand illustrations and how can they be used in people's businesses to help them stand out? Brand illustrations, like a set of illustrations that you can use throughout your marketing. So you can use them on your website. You can use brand illustrations on your packaging. You can use them on a blog, in your socials. You know, they're tailor-made for your business. Their colours will match your business, the style of how 
it's drawn will match the style of your logo or your branding. It all works together. Kate has this client where it's like kids' music yeah, CDs and all Tina. music and stuff like that. Yeah. She's my favourite. I love her so much. <laughs> She's a fun kids entertainer and illustration is perfect for those sorts of businesses. I've picked people for this issue for their love, love, love of yep. colour. Tell me a little bit about your earliest memories of your love yeah, of colour. Okay. I had a book. It was, you know, those golden books and it was called Colour, I think. And it was all about colour. And I remember it was one of my favourite books because it was all about colour. Um, colour makes you happy. Like it can change how you feel. And yeah. that's why I love the bright colours. I love to feel happy and they make me happy and it just works. You often talk about the mistakes that people make with colour within their branding. Okay, so I'm going to list what they are. Mm -hmm. because I loved your example you gave for this as well. The first one was just doing the same colours as your competitors. Yes. How is anyone going to know you from this guy or, you know? My new bookkeeper has an orange elephant for her logo and I was like, you and me are going <laughs> to gel. That's so funny. My accountant has like green, orange and yellow, I think. And when I had my tax done recently, I even commented how much I loved her brand and walking into her office because it was so bright. And that's why I picked her, you know, and she loved it. She thought it was the best because they're not, they're not a bunch of old guys sitting behind desks, a group of young people, and it worked. It suited them. And that's so funny that you use that example. <laughs> <laughs> like attracts like. Look at ways that you can stand out, but don't just stand out for the sake of standing out, which kind of brings us into the next one where you choose a colour purely because you like it. One of your examples was, what, what was it, a dentist? dentist. So I had dentists who wanted to use a red colour in their logo and it was actually a picture of a tooth that they wanted to. <laughs> I, had to I had to a talk them out because a red logo for a dentist, like a red logo, you know, might be quite powerful and, and strong for some businesses, which is wonderful, but for a dentist, it could scare the shit out of their customers. <laughs> but then it's also thinking how you can flip some stereotypes as well. So recently mm -hmm. I've been really loving the fact that people are trying to break down the stigma around Sanitary products, there used to always be rules. You never use red in sanitary advertising. You never use it anywhere. Yeah. And everyone's trying to normalise things, so I feel like colour can be used as a statement as well. How do you bring colour into your everyday? It's everywhere in my house. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> things I buy are usually bright, usually yellow. Um, I feel like I already know the answer to this very important it's like literally the pivotal question of this whole podcast it's really scary no it's not just kidding. <laughs> what is your favorite color and why yellow <laughs> kate's wearing a yellow shirt uh, right now. i'm wearing yellow <laughs> <laughs> i i it's just it's a happy color are you ready to get an informative engaging one-of-a-kind brand Kat is offering a $200 discount to anyone who books one of her branding packages before February 12th, 2021. Pop over, get the code out of the colourful issue of Brand New Magazine and get ready to level up. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to see more, subscribe to Brand New Magazine over at www.brandnewmagazine.com.au. Every three months you will receive the new issue direct to your inbox full of gorgeous design, freebies and discounts, and interactive links that will allow you to connect with our contributors. And check out our Instagram for more inspiration.
to be your business and brand you.